2: Visit LiveNation.com slash concertweek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum41, 30 seconds from Mars. Oh, and two Door Cinema Club. I Am Paris.
3: Hi everyone. Welcome to a very special episode of I Am Paris. Today we're gonna to mix things up a little bit with these episodes and focus on motherhood and families with the help of our special guests. With over 3.2 million followers on Instagram, Big Little Feelings is a genuine phenomenon. They specialize in helping parents not only survive the toddler years, but thrive. Big Little Feelings has quickly become the largest online parenting resource and community, and their Winning the Toddler Stage and Potty Training Made Simple are the world's best-selling online toddler courses, having helped transform over 300,000 families and counting. Kristen and Dina also recently launched their own podcast, After Bedtime with Big Little Feelings, and it instantly became the number one podcast on Apple Podcasts. Today I'm sitting down with the two powerhouse moms behind Big Little Feelings, Kristen and Dina. Hi, girls. Hi. Hi. Welcome to Slivington Manor. Oh
4: my God, thank you for having us. Yeah, it's so um, nice to be here. Thank you for yes. having us. Thank you for having a dog in the room too. I was just hoping we'd have one. Your dream came true. I know. <laughs> I literally said it on the way over. I'm
3: obsessed with these dogs. Yeah. They're just everything to me.
4: Yeah. So,
3: do you guys have pets?
4: We do. I have two dogs. Dina has her dog, and like they're my old. dog was my first baby. Literally, her baby.
5: Yeah. Like yeah. I would sing to him every night
4: before bed. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that Dina. Yeah. I think I had my first baby. We're, we've been best friends for I mean twenty years, not to age yeah. us. And when Dina, I had my first baby, she was six months old. I had no idea what I was doing because I was like the first one of our friends to have babies. But I visited her, and she had her baby, which was this pug. <laughs> and the way she took care of this pug is probably similar to how you take care of your pets. Mm-hmm. It was like this velour blanket, and had this like perfect little bed, and would yes. give him his pacifier, and like sing him a little night night song, and put Moki him to deserves bed. It was the best. so sweet. <laughs>
3: Well, they are our, like our babies. Yeah. I think it like trains us for motherhood in a way. Yeah. Obviously, a real child is a lot more responsibility, but
4: <laughs> yeah, a lot of work. It's good practice. <laughs> yeah.
3: How did you girls meet?
5: We met in high school. Yeah. Actually, we met playing softball together yeah. on, on the varsity team. Yeah.
4: Yeah. We went to high school together. We were um, polar <laughs> opposites, is a good way to describe it. Like, I was. The bad kid, um, with undiagnosed ADHD at the time, but who did who knew, right? So I was yeah. the bad girl and I would walk out of detention in the morning with my sunglasses on and Dina would be walking into school and we would like high five each other on the I'd way. Be in and the and front row. <laughs> did all the
5: homework. Yeah. Yep. Like pick me, pick Straight me. I, I I did the homework. I know the answer. Yeah.
4: Yeah. And we still loved each other anyways. We're like, yeah. You're great the way you are. <laughs> yeah. I I we both that. have the same kind of weird. Yeah.
3: And no one knew about ADHD then or was talking about it.
4: And I think, I mean, stigmas back then, there was no, at least for us in our family, there was no therapy. There was no, you know, it was just what's wrong with you is kind of the vibe. And I don't know that that's anyone's fault. I just think things were not that way back then. Mm -hmm. It was very, you know, sit, still pay attention. What's wrong with you and change yourself, you know?
3: Yeah, I can relate to that in so many ways. <laughs> yeah. Mean, nobody was talking about ADD, ADHD. There was it was just not a thing at all. No. Um, so I was just assumed like, oh, she just is failing classes, she can't pay attention, she's getting bad grades, yep. she's not like excelling in anything except for like art class.
4: Yeah. Daydreaming, mm. you're talking too much, and it's like, Well, we can't we can't sit here Mm -hmm. and like now I know, you know, like this is an asset. Like everything that I used to be punished for is now something that really helps me in being a creative entrepreneur dreamer, you know, Mm -hmm. and there are still things that I struggle with that thank God my co-founder is fantastic at, you know, Um, but every single thing that I'm great at now has really led to where like we are as a combination. And it just, it makes me so sad for, us and everyone, I think this was so common for all of us and it still lives within me a lot of the times of being like, what is wrong with me? Like, why can't I do things a certain way?
3: Yeah, I feel lucky with me. I have my husband who's the exact opposite. He's just like yeah. so just like organized and responsible, which is amazing because I need someone like that around me. Yeah. So it's perfect when you can have like a my husband. team like that.
5: Balance it out. Yes.
3: <laughs> but yeah, I think it's. I think it's really great for people to talk about now because I'm sure there's a lot of kids who are confused as well and I think that if you can harness it in the right way it could be like a superpower which
4: well and I think when I wish I knew back then like when adults can harness it in too with you and support you in the the right way I can't imagine what that would have changed for us like you Mm -hmm. said it's like as a kid your responsibility to like harness it in yourself and keep it going that's hard you know like It's more also like fostering kids exactly where they are and knowing that that's an asset as well. You know, they may Mm -hmm. struggle in this one way, but really encouraging that wild creativity or whatever else Mm -hmm. they may have. It's an asset.
3: Yeah. So going from friends to business partners is a huge jump. How did you decide to go into business together?
5: Well, it was back in 2020 and... We, so I'm a child therapist. Kristen was a mom first and it was a few things really. Like first she was texting me all the time being like, okay, like she won't go to bed. What can I do? Or like, it's time to get rid of the pacifier. How do I do this without traumatizing her? So we would just go back and forth all the time. And we realized that there's so much stuff out there for the baby stage, right? And then when you hit toddlerhood, it's like, okay, okay best of luck. There was nothing out there or everything that was out there was just so clinical complex. We imagine this, this resource, this community for busy, tired tired parents where they could just have these tips, these tricks for ages one through six, like real things that really work in the moment. as part of it. Like it's
4: bite-sized and you can understand it and it's applicable to like what's actually happening in front of you instead of these like really vague ideas of like, don't mess your kid up. Like you bet, you know, it's like, wait, but okay, I don't want to mess them up. And how, you know, when you need to leave the park, when you need to do clothes on. Like how do we actually do real stuff? Mm -hmm. So the business came from like just a true inherent need since I was a mom at the time. And I'm like, this is just, there's, there's nothing like I'm reading all the books I'm looking at everything and I think that's where the genesis of like all of our things that we're great at is when we're like I'm desperate to see this or I'm desperate to hear this and I guess we were on something we were right
5: yeah (laughs) um the community grew faster than we thought it would yeah
4: and the other side of it too was it was half of like the struggles of toddlerhood and nothing being specific but also on Instagram, this is in general in life, but especially in motherhood at the time, everything was really, really, really high pressure. Um, I had postpartum anxiety and I remember, I didn't have friends, right, that had kids. I was the first one. So watching sort of motherhood on social media was how I was understanding what motherhood should be like. And it was a lot of like, perfect little activities that take hours to set up and, you know, cutting little cucumbers into little shapes and all of this like perfection, which there's nothing wrong with doing it. I cut, you know, little shapes sometimes too, but at the time, everything was just really high stakes perfection, like the perfect playroom, the perfect everything. So the other half of what we really wanted to do was just kind of come in as this, this vulnerable, real, raw, kind of depiction of what motherhood, parenthood could actually be like. You know, it can be perfect. It can be hard. It can be messy. There's nothing wrong with being messy. Your life doesn't have to be perfect. And I think that was also the catalyst to like our business really growing.
5: Yeah. So we kind of took a risk in that too Yeah. by being like, you know what? We're going to show up as our true selves
3: and see how it goes. Yeah. I love it. I think it's so needed because it is so true. Like everything out there is either so complex to read this whole long book or like speak to a doctor and they say all these words that don't even make sense. Um, So I think it's amazing to have it simplified and real and just showing like how it really is because also on Instagram, everyone wants to show the perfect Instagram life. And, you know, a lot of it has like a set director and like a whole team behind it, putting it all together. And, you know, not every mom is going to do that obviously yeah
4: yeah Yeah. that's just not what it looks like you know like even you I'm imagining that has you know this is your career and your job but I am imagining that what it looks like when you're with your little baby like it gets real you know at times it's not a glossy magazine every day like it's beautiful it's beautiful how real it really is you Mm -hmm. know and we're just not we weren't seeing enough of that like it's not even real in a bad way it's like real can be really beautiful. These messy moments. I'm a child
5: therapist and I'm, you know, I'm making mistakes and not always getting it right and learning. And yeah, parenting's a journey. It's the best journey. Yeah, it is.
3: (laughs) So I love the name, Big Little Feelings. How did you come up with it?
5: Funny story. So at the beginning, Kristen and I wrote down a list of probably like 10 different names and then pulled everyone we knew and literally no one picked Big Little Feelings. <laughs> Except us. <laughs> and then we came back and we were like, okay, we got five votes for that, 10 for that. And we looked at each other and we we're like, let's go with I Big Little Feelings. feelings. Yeah. That feels right. <laughs> I
4: love that. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like really our, our journey of this, whatever you want to call it, business, entrepreneurship, whatever you want, where at the very beginning, we consulted social media agencies. Like, should we hire different people? And every time we got advice, we were like, mm-hmm. Things are uh, gonna do me right. <laughs> So we did it our way. Yeah, it worked. Yeah, I think it's
3: always good when you go with your own intuition, your own feelings. Yeah, yeah. To be a big or little feeling, and <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. right. <laughs> All the ones in between. <laughs> uh, I love it. So, what sets you apart from other content creators?
4: Ooh,
5: I would say probably showing up as just like our true, true selves and. We're a little out there sometimes. Um, But yeah, I think everything, like especially when it comes to parenting, a lot of the pages were giving tips in a way that you watch it and you're like, well, I didn't say that and I didn't do that. Like I must've messed up and I, you know, did I mess my kid up? I didn't do it that way. And I think that was a really big thing that kind of set us apart is trying to make every parent feel empowered and remember that, You don't have to get it right every time, and nothing is perfect, and we are all doing a great job.
4: Yeah, and I I think it's like half that, and Mm -hmm. then the other half, what we already talked about, where whether it's books or parenting advice in general, we just thought everything that was there, you almost need like a college degree, and to sit down, like, I I can't even read this book. Like, I'm too distracted. I can't sit down and read this really long, almost clinical book. And that's the most like popular parenting pages or anything that is out there. And I think we wanted, we were really, really clear that we really wanted to be for every family. Like you do not need a college degree. You do not need to be any certain kind. Your family can look a hundred different ways and this is a space for you. Like we wanted everyone to feel welcome at our page, and that's really like our driving force every day. Is how yeah. accessible can we make ourselves and our advice? And is it going to touch? At, like, can anyone understand it and implement it? And no matter how busy they are, no matter how many shifts they're working, no matter what their family looks like, like, can they do it really simply? That's, I think, what sets us apart. Mm-hmm.
0: This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global.
2: Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars. Oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.
3: So Phoenix just turned eight months old. I was wondering if you guys had advice for me because he's about to enter toddlerhood.
5: Well, first of all, I feel like a lot of people kind of lean on the negative of toddlerhood of like, oh no, the terrible twos and wait till they start walking and you just wait until they start talking as if it's like so horrible. But really I'm excited for you because these years are wonderful. It comes with a lot because it comes with a lot of like brain development and they're still developing like really critical areas of their brain that help them manage their emotions and their body. So you're gonna see a lot of big feelings and they're going to be exploring how the world works and putting things in their mouths and trying to eat everything like yes push back push back yeah. all of that yep and it's it's just part of development yeah. and it's like a magical stage oh my god the things
4: that are going to come out of his mouth you're just going to like melt on the floor like oh my, gosh. Oh my god because
5: you have nieces and nephews yeah. i
4: think right so you you know what it's like it's like yeah. it's, it's so fun
5: when he says mama
3: oh my god yeah. i can't I'm dying oh my god yeah <laughs> Yeah. He says like
4: yes. Oh, oh. Of course he does. Yeah. Of course he does. Not a boy.
3: That's all so <laughs> we, far. Oh. No mama or dada yet. Oh
4: <laughs> we'll see. Are you yeah. are you guys like 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 my husband and I would be like, Mama,
3: Mama, Mama.
4: We're, like do. on the races. Yeah.
5: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It was a dada both times for me. Really? I feel like they can say dada easier. So Yeah. So that's yeah. why. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
4: My husband had two dadas. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to do yeah. with us. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
3: I'm not offended.
4: Yeah. <laughs> I am, but I'm not. Okay. (laughs)
3: development. Yeah. Do you notice that boys develop slower than girls? Like... I would say that varies by child, too. Like walking. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, because everyone always is saying that. They're like, oh, yeah, my daughter started walking at, like, eight months. I was like, what? Yeah. My baby's, like, not crawling yet.
5: Yeah. Yeah. That is... They are each on their own timeline, and Mm -hmm. every timeline is perfect for each kid. Yep. And
4: even if... I mean... I've had a child that was behind developmentally and like early intervention is wonderful. Let's just say that also. Like if you're comparing, it can be so hard to compare milestones. Like what my, the same thing where my baby was crawling and others were walking and I'm like, what is, and I was so terrified. And at a certain point, like if we need early intervention, great, if we don't, if we need speech therapy, great. Like that was something I had no idea about going into motherhood. And I would just panic and Mm -hmm. like compare babies to babies. And it's like, if I could go back that's the one thing I wish I knew where it's like they all develop in their own timeline and also a lot of them do need some help sometimes and like that's actually not the worst thing in the world it's completely okay.
5: Yeah. It's super Especially common. so much more common age than 0
4: thought. to 3
5: yeah. to be dorky for a second yeah. but that is a magical period for brain development so when you get early intervention mm-hmm. it it can be a game changer too.
3: Yeah. What's the one topic that you get the most DMs about?
5: Mm. I would say there's a handful of like big topics that come up a lot. So one would be hitting. One would be, we're having a new baby join the family soon. Like what do we do to prep Um, and prevent sibling rivalry? And then another big one is tantrums, power struggles, pushback.
4: Yeah, discipline, Mm. very confusing. Mm -hmm. But I think think the most common thing Thing we actually get like those are the physical you know like like the long stories of the new baby or whatever but I think the most common theme that we see in the DMs um, which is kind of crazy to see because we see three million parents in, our, in mm-hmm. our DM which is just an extraordinary experience in of itself is this like underlying at the end question of so did I mess them up like did I ruin them forever am I the worst mom dad parent in the yeah. whole world like we polled our audience and it was like what's the number one thing you're worried about and we totally thought it was going to be like i don't know my kids out of control and on the floor all the not time or to they're me. hitting their sister all the time and it was 99% like i'm so afraid i'm not doing enough and i'm like ruining them forever yep um and that was just the most startling realization and like i think every day we just hope that we can instill some sense of like you're not, you're not. And I don't know, you know, it's. Well, it just speaks to
5: this modern parenting era that we're in, where it's just so much pressure to be perfect in some ways, you know, with social media at our Mm -hmm. fingertips, us doing a lot of parenting alone with very little support.
3: Yeah, It's hard. Yeah. Yeah. What do you enjoy most about the online community that you've built?
5: Honestly, like in my hard times, it helps me remember that I'm not alone because sometimes when you're struggling with something, it can feel like, even I feel like, like I'm a garbage parent sometimes (laughs) (laughs) after a hard day. And sometimes I read DMs and I'm like, okay, no, no, no. Like Mm -hmm. shame, get out of here. We're all in this together. Like everyone is going through the same struggles, even though it's hard to remember that sometimes. And again, like this whole perfect thing just needs to disappear
4: because there is no such thing, you know, yeah, I think, and my my favorite part, I mean, I think that's my favorite part too, yeah, and my favorite part is is, and this is this is crazy. I mean, it's mind blowing, but just the thought of maybe three million or just a million, I don't know how many kids who will be raised in homes that don't need to be perfect, by the way, but kind of what we were speaking to earlier of like, if you have a child that might think a little differently or be a little different or has big feelings or no matter who your child is, like everything on on our page or that's out there right now is really focused on like the whole child and knowing that they're perfect the way they are and loving your child when they're happy, they're mad, they're sad and not you know, the way I was raised, which is like, you're too much, like stop being bad. It gives me chills and just keeps me going every day to think that like maybe one kid is going to be seen in such a different way than I think mm-hmm. our parents' generation, to no fault of their own, by the way, just how they kind of viewed kids as being like bad or defiant if they were different. Mm-hmm. So I just, the, the coolest part about having such a community is like maybe we're going to change the Narrative for like one kid out yeah. there.
3: No, I agree. It's really powerful to be able to use your voice for the good of the world and helping others. And yeah. that's the most empowering feeling in the world.
5: Yeah. Yeah. It's a dream job. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: What have been some of the highlights of this incredible journey since you launched Big Little Feelings?
4: Trying to think. Oh my God. I'm, I, <laughs> I, there's been so many. What's the first thing that <laughs> popped into your head, though? I'm so curious.
5: Um the very like, first that. thing that yeah. popped in I don't know it was like doing really fun things with my best friend oh. <laughs> Like nice, like going to New York with you Whoa. and going on like morning shows. Mine and was Watch like, What Happens Live. I was okay. like, is that a,
4: yeah. is that oh, that a was okay so thing fun. to say? Yes, <laughs> was being was on Watch so What Happens fun. Live was the first thing that came yeah. into our mind. Yeah, uh, we've had a lot Andy. of really so have you been on Watch? I'm sure you've been on Watch yeah. What Happens Live, right? A bunch of times. He's so funny. It's so fun because you never hilarious. know what to so expect. nice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and you're like, oh, this is exactly what you would think it would be. Yeah, actually, that fun. <laughs> um, yeah, just like surreal moments that I think we never thought we would be able to do. Yeah.
5: Also, I remember, <laughs> I remember being in my parents' backyard when we hit ten thousand people, ten thousand followers. Yeah. I always hate saying followers because that yeah. sounds weird, but Designers. like truly, it's like ten thousand of our best friends. Sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> and we like made a cake. Yeah. And we were just so stoked and excited, and like had no idea that was the beginning of the journey. Yeah.
3: It's so cool to be able to do it with your best friend. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I wouldn't want it any
5: other way. So
3: cute. Like looking at you guys like way you smile at each other <laughs> reminds me of like Nicole and I oh my gosh I that's mean,
4: the biggest compliment that is the biggest compliment <laughs> obviously I'm Nicole yeah. um, Dina used to look exactly <laughs> like you when we were, we were in high school I mean I don't know if that's a strange thing to say on this podcast but, but even bit. in the DMs people are like um, did you guys know Dina looks exactly like Paris Hilton when she looks a certain way and I'm like that's yes. hot yeah that's right 16 yes. <laughs> year old me is about to die
3: yeah <laughs> <Loves it. laughs>
4: the Biggest compliment. Thank you.
3: <laughs> no, but it's so true. Like being able to do everything with your best friend and you can't like, cr- like it's something that's like that chemistry that you have. Cause you've known each other and that history. It's like something you can't like manufacture. Yeah, Just yeah. like when they try to like cast people together on like a show or a podcast or whatever, it's like not the same thing as like having that history and, and that like real true. Best friend chemistry. So it's cool to yeah. see. I mean, it's that's very, very like rare to see the simple
4: life. So, I mean, again, I'm just like, I can't believe that was said out loud you know? here. <laughs> yes. like the iconic best friend <laughs> that duo. That's true. Loves it. And you guys DM. are the
5: iconic mom oh, duo. There we go. Oh, mm-hmm. What a compliment again. Yeah. We can die happy now. Yeah. Yes.
4: <laughs> I think you and Nicole are probably like the iconic now that you're like both mm-hmm. moms. Now you guys are again that's, like the mom icons. That's
3: so crazy. <laughs> Like Nicole's are like teenagers now. Mm-hmm. It's like I was over at her house a couple of weeks ago, and the kids are just so big. And it's oh just like, God. yeah, it it's like looking back at us when we were little again. Just so yeah. many memories.
0: Oh my God, I bet. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future.
3: Oh yeah, this is a question that I really want to know because this is something that I feel a lot. Um, how do you handle mom guilt when you're balancing work with being a mom?
5: So funny, that's what I feel a like. lot. So funny, that was my question for <laughs> that you. That was our
4: question. <laughs> no joke. When we were like, I was like getting ready in the shower, and I'm like, okay, if I can have one shot to ask Paris something, like in the side, I would ask her, like, how do you do this? As a mom and not feel how do you juggle it all? How do you not feel the guilt? I mean, do you want us to answer first or do you actually have an answer yet? It's gonna go. Uh-huh. Um
3: for me, it's I feel so guilty because I have to do so many things. I turn so many things down, yeah. but then there's certain, you know, projects or you know deals that I have to do because they're part of like very long partnerships and it's yeah. things I love to do as well. Like I love performing at Tomorrowland or things like that. So mm-hmm. I, I'm i very picky about what I do now. And then I try to FaceTime as much as possible. Yeah. And just when I'm here, I try to be with him as much as possible. Like I put him in the like caring thing and walk around into my meetings and from doing stuff at the house. Like I just try to keep him around as much as possible. But then- when I'm traveling, it's just so hard. So I'm just trying to like use technology as much as possible to like have him feel like I'm there, like looking on the iPad, like talking to him and yeah. 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 But then he's like grabbing out to it and like trying to yeah, hold it. And I'm it. just like, Oh, I want to hug you. So yeah. it's, it's really hard. Cause you know, I, I feel like I can do it all. And I feel like being a mom is the hardest job of all. And like, moms especially who are like stay-at-home moms who do everything like they're they're like superheroes um it's just it's a lot and I'm still trying to you know work it all out and figure out what to do but it's like I feel like that guilt is just something that always stays with you because you love your kids so much
5: yeah the guilt means that you care it means that you love them you know you wouldn't feel guilty otherwise and I feel it a lot too I try to focus too on like when I am with them, I try to make it the most present, focus, like be all the way in in the times we are together. But yeah. I also use a lot of like calling them and FaceTime. And yeah. Yeah.
4: I think that's what we were talking about the other day too, especially as like entrepreneur women who, you know, we can choose what we do, like you were saying. And we were looking at each other and we're like, maybe we took on too much, maybe we just like people pleased and said yes to too many projects. But it's kind of what you said where it's like, that's actually not the problem. It's like, I love this. Like, I love doing this. I love playing at Tomorrowland. And I don't know, I'm seven years in, but I'm not an expert. I don't know if the guilt is ever gonna go away. I was a stay-at-home mom for four of the years and I've been a working mom for four of the years and everywhere in between you know starting a business and having nothing and now we travel all the time and i'm gonna just tell you i felt guilty i felt guilty (laughs) the whole seven years i wish i had a solution i wish that we didn't feel guilt i think it's just like a primal biological thing that happens that no matter how many projects you do take or don't take you may feel because we love them so much like you're away from them for five minutes and you're gonna feel that pang of like oh God, but I really, truly, wholeheartedly believe, and I know this because I we've shared in the on like our stories sometimes, and I can't tell you how many DMs we get back of of women, especially who had mothers who like chased their dreams, and every and you know people are brutal on the internet, so oh, like yeah. you know if if it were the opposite, would they be sliding and be like, yeah, my mom was blah blah. blah overwhelmingly, every single DM was like, I watched my mother like light up and pursue her passion. And it was the best thing for me to see. And she was the best mom in the world. Like when she was with us, we played games. When she was pursuing her passion, I would like follow her. I would see her doing it. And it's the best thing. And I just like hold that close to my heart because that yeah. has to be true. We can have both and we can also feel guilt and that's okay.
3: Mm hmm okay
4: that's good advice yeah. a lot of people need to hear that out yeah
3: there. it's hard mm-hmm. it's hard women can do everything yeah
4: we just might feel guilty while we do it that's okay
3: <laughs> yeah but i guess if you didn't feel guilty that would be weird so yeah it's a good thing yeah that's so a nice you know. way to think yeah. of it so we should just All try it out okay well. yeah yeah mm. be bad if you didn't feel guilty that's right <laughs> <laughs> tell me about your new podcast after bedtime
5: Oh, it's been so much fun. Honestly, I'm having so much fun doing it with you. Yeah. (laughs) That's weird. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, but this was another thing that it just came straight from our hearts Mm -hmm. as as two tired, busy moms who wanted to hear something like this where— two best friends show up. It is raw. It is real. We are making so many jokes, yeah, <laughs> but we're also covering topics that a lot of us are experiencing, but no one's really talking about, which can make you feel really lonely and really up honestly and alone. And so we wanted to kind of normalize, unpack get into a lot of the things like miscarriage, like how your marriage changes after you have kids, mm-hmm. apologizing to your kids after
4: you've like lost it or messed up
5: or had a hard day. Yeah. yeah. We just
4: wanted it to feel, there's a lot of, again, parenting podcasts. And I think they're all great. That's why they exist. And I don't think we would have started a podcast if we didn't think there was something else that we really wanted to hear. Like, I just want to end my day or whenever I'm listening to my podcast, I want to hear, I want to be a best friend with someone. Like I want to, it is really lonely sometimes, you know, even if you have a lot of people in your life, I mean, you're not going out after bedtime all the time or you're, it just can be really isolating. And I wanted a place that felt like you're just chit-chatting with your best friends. And that's what we try, we're trying to do. And, Um, like Dina said, it's just when I had my miscarriage, when I had a pregnancy loss, I was, I just remember like desperately looking for other stories that were, and I could, if I found one, it was amazing. Like I literally went to different influencers pages and tried to see if they had a highlight button that said loss or something like that. And I think that's so applicable to so much of, of parenthood and motherhood where it's like there's not a whole lot of people talking about it, but we're all experiencing it Mm -hmm. and we just want to unpack it and just like get it out and make it feel, yeah, you know, like you can, you can share it with people.
5: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Talking about hard stuff can be so healing. Remember you're in
4: it together. We're hearing someone else's story too. Yeah. You know? Yep. So true. I'm
3: sorry that you went through that. Thank you. can't imagine. Thank you. But I do think that it's amazing for you to be brave and talk about it because I feel that, you know, there's just people put so much shame behind so many things that shouldn't be on them. And it's important people to know they're not alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because there's so many people who deal with things and nobody talks about it. So when people do that, it opens up the door for others to feel safe to be able to do that as well.
4: Yeah. And that, yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a literal, whether it doesn't have to be on a podcast or like to 3 million followers, it was just in my own neighborhood when i shared we had the the loss and then i shared that i was going to do ivf but i felt like so much shame almost and i distinctly remember this moment because it was my pregnant neighbor down the street and she had two girls and i had two girls and she was pregnant god i was so jealous i was so jealous and i told her that i was gonna start ivf and i was kind of saying she's like oh i did ivf for this baby And she was, it was like the exact same experience. Like she did it in January. She was going to have a boy. And I was like, oh, when I share something, I might actually learn that all of these other people are experiencing exactly what I'm experiencing. And so it it could be about anything in parenthood and motherhood. But I just think it's one area that we're only touching the surface of finally being able to like share and not put on this facade of like, everything is great. Everything Mm -hmm. is great. And it just feels so nice that people are, now starting to kind of like once one person shares it's like oh god okay me too like mm-hmm. I did that too yeah
3: so this is going to be fun some of the members from my 1111 media team have toddlers and they submitted these questions so they're going to ask them to you let's do it
5: do ghosts have butts <laughs> yes. yes hard yes. yes yes they do absolutely and they have to be potty trained too <laughs> <laughs> How does the tooth
4: fairy know I lost a tooth? Oh boy. Well, honey. (laughs) This is like a Santa question. There are satellites. Um, Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. How does the tooth fairy? It's not me. I'll tell you that. Yeah. (laughs) It's definitely not me. We don't have an answer. I going to skip next. (laughs) A lot of pressure. Like a pass. Yeah. Are
2: unicorns
4: real? Absolutely. Without a doubt. Yes. I think you can ride them in L.A. Yeah. To be honest. Only like, in Los Angeles, so. Yeah. I really do think there's like pony places that will do it. I've looked into it. <laughs> I've looked into okay, it. you're not yeah.
5: kidding. They're real. Wow. Yeah.
4: <laughs> Book me one. Okay.
5: Well, I can't have dessert for breakfast.
4: I think that Actually, depends on your home. Yeah, right? yeah you can. Mm-hmm. Your parents say. <laughs> My yeah. house you can.
5: We did a cat or dog. Is this even a question? It's dogs,
4: guys. Oh wow, that was—I was like scared as an Paris. internet person it's to dogs, say that. Right? You're—we're gonna get so many yeah. DMs that are like, "How dare okay, you?" Okay, let me qualify it. Dogs I'm severely allergic to cats. Okay, <laughs> that, so that's where that comes from. Okay. I'm an official. All animals are wonderful. I love okay, them all. that's true. They're great.
5: What happened to the dinosaur? Pass. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you honey, it? there was a big meteor <laughs> that struck the earth. Nope. <laughs> Terrifying for children. Okay, pass. Yep. Is there the Princess? Absolutely, yes. Can say yes. <laughs> yes. A real life one. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> well, that was so much fun. Thank you, girls. And I can't wait for the next episode. So everyone stay tuned because that will be out soon. Loves it.
4: Thank you for having me. Thank us. you. This was fun. Us. Thanks for listening to I Am Paris.
3: Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at I Am Paris Podcast. Email us at paris at iheartradio.com. Be hot and subscribe now. Love it.